Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Detroit on today's statistics episode. not really going to do a review episode for Detroit. It's, uh, I mean, it's based on real events, dramatized, of course, but based on real events. It's a tough watch, uh, which I've been noticing is a little more common than it used to be. Nowadays, a lot of films now are, are tougher to watch than they've been in the past. Like, you know, 12 Years a Slave was difficult to watch, but since then, I think films have gotten even more difficult. Uh, just, just, trending that way as as the climate of this country continues to i don't know grade against itself and and struggle to find harmony and uh, detroit pinpoints a time in in <clears throat> in america's history that was very very problematic and very very difficult to have endured and it doesn't really, uh, uh, it, it, it does not pull any punches. Let's, I can, I'll say that. However, that being said, you know, I, I, I had some issues with the film as a whole. I definitely don't think it's some of Catherine Bigelow's best work, but I did like it. I didn't think it's a good movie. And considering how big the cast is and, how notable some of these names are and how up and coming some of these names are. I wanted to kind of get in on the ground floor with a statistics episode. Uh, and it's been a while since I've done a, a statistics episode when you've got things like a ghost story, which has like two people in it or <clears throat> something like that. It's tough to, you know, tough to, um, I don't know. What's uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's tough to justify <laughs> justifies the word I'm looking for it is tough to justify having a statistics episode and uh, this is what this is what we're doing this is what we're doing so uh, let's move on into our our statistics firstly uh, Detroit uh, I watched it on August 7th 2017 recording this on the 9th this episode comes out on the 11th so when you're hearing this probably it is four days ago that i saw it on on monday august 7th uh, i clocked it at about two hours and 16 minutes 136 minutes and eh, that's kind of up for grabs i wasn't able to check the time it started only the time it ended and i kind of guessed how long the previews were by how frequently my grandparents groaned about how long the previews were. It is a 2017 film, <clears throat> and my brief summary is a dramatization of the events during the Detroit race riots. Very straightforward. I gave it a 72. Uh, it has a 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 72 puts it uh, in line with a short film, uh, I think you can probably still find this on YouTube, called No Other Way to Say It. It's only six minutes long. I thought it was quite enjoyable. And, uh, um, yeah, so that's Detroit kind of generally in a nutshell. 
Moving on, the director. <clears throat> Catherine Bigelow. This is the sixth film of hers that's on the spreadsheet. Uh, it, it, it actually barely increased her score. She was previously ranked 99th and is now in a 16-way tie for 84th. Uh, so she was about a fraction of a point lower than everyone at tied at 84, and now she is tied with everyone at 84. So her film lowered her average film rating to an 81, increased her film value to a 16, which puts her score at 99, <clears throat> along with the Academy Award nomination and win for The Hurt Locker. Um, Detroit... <sighs> Uh, falls at number five out of her six films, uh, ahead of Point Break, but behind Near Dark. It is very close. Near Dark only getting a 73, so they're pretty similar. Um, very, very different films, however. And uh, that's... Yeah. So, Detroit... Eh, you know, definitely lower, de lower scale Catherine Bigelow, but uh, still good. Like, Bad Catherine Bigelow is still a pretty good movie, all things told. Uh, moving on to the writer, uh, Mark Bowl, uh, joined Catherine Bigelow in writing this film, uh, their third collaboration after The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, both of which he was nominated for Best Screenplay, uh, winning for The Hurt Locker. Detroit is the fourth film of Mark Bowles that is on the spreadsheet and ranks as number three overall. It lowers his average film rating to a 79.25, raises his value to a 10, along with those two nominations and one win, puts his score to 92.25, which puts him at 651st, uh, which is pretty decent. Uh, you know, there's 4,000 names on the screenwriting page right now, so I'd say that's not a bad spot. Uh, his fourth film uh, that he's written, that he has credit for writing, uh, that isn't a collaboration with Catherine Bigelow, is In the Valley of Elah, which is his least lowest rated of the four. Detroit ranks number three. Moving on, we have the actors that are in this movie. We will start at the top of the page and kind of work our way down. That's generally how it goes. Uh, and highest ranked actor in the movie uh, uh, is Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, this is the 24th film of his that I've seen. It raises his average film rating to a 62.5. It is his third film rated in the 70s. Uh, raises his value to a 27, which puts his score at 89.5. Pretty good score and good enough for a tied rank with at, at 532. Uh, Detroit is his 12th best film, uh, falling behind the Adjustment Bureau and ahead of Real Steel. So, mm, Adjustment Bureau, I think, is generally favored and unliked, but Real Steel, maybe not so much, I would assume. Uh, Anthony Mackie, he has a pretty small role in the movie, all things told. Uh, which is kind of strange. I don't know that he needed to be in this role, but uh, he's worked with Bigelow before on The Hurt Locker, so presumably that is how he got to be in this movie. The Hurt Locker, by the way, is Anthony Mackie's highest-rated film on my spreadsheet. Moving on, next we have 
at rank 1,205, um, the seventh film and fifth highest rated overall uh, from Jack Rayner. <clears throat> Jack Rayner, uh, who is who was in Free Fire this year, Sing Street last year, um, other films such as What Richard Did, uh, Macbeth uh, over in 2015, I believe, um, and it was also in uh, Transformers, Age of Extinction. But uh, at 1,205 with only seven films is not a bad place to be. It raises his average film rating to a 66.71 and is his third film rated in the 70s overall. It, it puts his value at 11, which puts his score at 77.71. Um, Detroit falls right behind Macbeth and ahead of Delivery Man. Nice. I, I like I like Jack Rayner. He, again, like Anthony Mackie, didn't get a ton to do. He definitely got more than Mackie did, but I think he was kind of squandered as well in this movie. Um, so... I don't know, I, you know, the biggest parts were given to uh, the the lower, the sort of lesser known people, or, or less established people, I would say. Next up, at 1,377th, a tie for with a couple other people, is Jason Mitchell. This is the fifth film of his and his second highest overall, falling behind straight out of Compton and ahead of Kong Skull Island, Jason Mitchell playing Easy e in Straight Outta Compton. Uh, Detroit raises his average film rating to a 68.2, uh, raises his value to a 7, and uh, puts his score at a 75.2, uh, his second highest rated film. Behind Straight Outta Compton, ahead of Kong School Island, I already said that, never mind, Jason Mitchell. Uh, he had another small role, like he... <laughs> Did not do a whole lot. I didn't particularly like his character. Uh, perhaps that's exactly how he was in real life. I'm not sure. I can't say. But I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I His character I had some problems with. And if you've seen the movie, you kind of know what I'm getting at. It seems counterproductive, to say the least. Um, Alright, moving on. We now go to uh, John Boyega, who is now probably most famous for being in Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, as it turns out. Um, however, his highest rated film from me is Attack the Block, a very strong sci-fi film. Uh, Detroit is his fourth film uh, and third film overall. It raises his average film rating to a 66.25, raises his value to a 7, puts his score at 73.25, which means he is ranked 1,521st. Uh, his fourth film that I did not mention yet is The Circle. Pretty bad movie, actually. Really bad movie. But Detroit, pretty good. Falls behind Force Awakens, ahead of The Circle. Pretty wide swath. Four films. Uh, Boyega... Uh, if there's a main character, I guess the closest person to that is Boyega. Uh, but he's he does really good work here. Uh, there's a scene where he's in the police station that I think he does a fantastic job with. And if you've seen 
my letterbox review for Detroit, that is the moment where I think the film should end. But uh, pretty much everything he, every moment he has is is really strong, and I, I'm, it's great. You know, he has to. It's tough, you know, because I think like people kind of overlook the the fact that when you're black and you're playing a character from an older time period, you can't. Like, the reactions that you would generally have and the instinctual reactions you want to have to someone who isn't black, generally who's white, acting like a dick or a piece of shit, like most of the characters that are white in this movie act, um, you know, you have to be more reserved because you've lived, presumably, in that time period as that character and that character knows that if you talk back, that if you take a swing... You know, that's it. Like, you're probably dead. And that's terrifying. That is absolutely horrifying to to have to con- con- contend with and consider and, and deal with as a human being. Uh, and, you know, when you think about, you know, the way, like, in 2017 right now, you know, the way you respond to racism is far more progressive and far more available and 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 um, you just you you can do so much more now than you could have done 50 years ago and that's good you know it's good that we've moved on at least we're we're better off now than we were then but there are still so many more things we need to be able to do, and I think it's tough for, or at least I assume it has to be tough for an actor like that to to step into that kind of a role and not feel the same way that people did back then. And maybe that's kind of the point, but oh, it's it. I, I can't possibly imagine. I, I simply cannot possibly imagine. And I think Boyega portrays that sort of conflict very, very well in his performance. Next up, we have Will Poulter. Uh, I guess you could call him the antagonist of the film. This is the sixth movie I've seen with him in it, and his second highest rated overall. Uh, It raises his average film rating to a 63.5, raises his value to a 5, raises his score to a 68.5, which makes his rank 1,840, tied with about 10 other people. Uh, Detroit falls behind The Revenant and ahead of The Maze Runner. Will Poulter, uh, also given a lot to do, kind of plays opposite Boyega for most of the movie. He's the one doing most of the antagonizing in the movie. And damn, he is an evil little shit. Like, uh, man, if, if you've seen Game of Thrones and you think Joffrey was the biggest piece of shit ever will polter's character completely gives him a run for his money and the worst part is his character really exists and not only that but like there are people worse than him out there there are dozens and hundreds of people like his character out there and to polter's credit like he plays this role fantastically he is every bit as evil as you would expect someone like that to be his eyebrow game is fucking on point. Like, I don't... Like, I don't know how he can shape his eyebrows the way he does on his face. 
but it's like he was built to be an evil, racist piece of crap, and he makes the best use of it. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be good for him as a human being in the long run, but, you know, it, it definitely works out for him in this movie because he's terrifying. Um, and I feel like his voice dropped like three octaves since the last movie I saw him in. Uh, maybe. Something like that. Will Poulter. Will fucking Poulter. Next up, we have our first female uh, actor in this movie. Uh, this is Caitlin Dever. Uh, this is her fifth film and third highest overall. Uh, it raises her average film rating to a 61.6, raises her value to a 6. Her score is 67.6, which puts her at 1,904th place overall, tied uh, with uh, one other person. It is ranked third behind Laggies and ahead of Men, Women, and Children. Uh, she is... She kind of plays like second fiddle to Hannah Murray in this movie, who um, uh, will be coming up shortly. Uh, and it's... Probably for the best. I think Hannah Murray is a, a better actress than Caitlin Dever is, but that's all. I mean, Hannah Murray also gets a lot more to do than Caitlin Dever. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Like, they're both kind of given the same role to play, as it were, and then one of them is just elevated a little bit higher than that role throughout the film. So, for, for whatever that is, you know, that's kind of how things ended up. So, that's Caitlin Dever. Uh, 1904th. Um, next up, we have uh, sort of a spoiler, not really, but uh, John Krasinski is in this movie. Uh, this is his 23rd film overall, his seventh highest rated. And Detroit uh, raises his average film rating to a 54.43 raises his value to an 11, and makes his score 65.43. John Krasinski ranked just outside the top 2,000 at 2,062nd. Detroit, as his 7th best movie, falls behind Monsters University and ahead of Big Miracle. He comes in out of nowhere, without any preamble, as a lawyer, kind of takes over the... Uh, courtroom drama aspect of this movie. Uh, he's fine. I wouldn't particularly say that he's the best thing about it or that he does more than what I assume any generic white person could have done in that role. You know, I didn't see a reason why it had to be John Krasinski other than um, kind of just like Anthony Mackie. You know, he's kind of got... I don't know. He hasn't been in any of these movies with, with Catherine Bigelow, but I feel like he's, um, I don't know, he was in movies like this, like 13 Hours. I don't know. He was uh, John Krasinski. Everybody knows John Krasinski. He's uh, the draw, I guess. It's kind of odd. The draw. John Krasinski. Next up, the uh, before-mentioned Hannah Murray. This is the fifth film of hers that I've seen, and it is her best movie. It is her number one film. Uh, it raises her average film rating to a 50.8, uh, raises her value to a flat zero, which makes her score 
That makes her ranked 2,889th. Um, Detroit, as her best movie, comes in ahead of God Help the Girl, the only other good movie that I've seen that she's been in. And like I said, you know, her and Caitlin Dever are pretty much the same character, um, but they needed to have two because there are two black male characters that are kind of far more interesting and far more developed than she or Caitlin Dever are. And so they needed two white women to play off of them, which is probably how it happened in the movie, or in real life, but in the movie it doesn't really add much to anything. She also does a little bit more than Caitlin Dever does, but, uh, you know, I would rather see her on Game of Thrones, but even there, they're kind of like writing her out of the movie slowly but surely, or out of the show slowly but surely. But Hannah Murray got Detroit, number 2,889. Uh, next up, we have Jacob Lattimore. Uh, Detroit is his best movie as well, and his sixth film that I've seen. His average film rating is raised to a 38.5. His value is raised to a negative 3, and his score is raised to a 35.5. Pretty damn low. He is ranked 3,405th out of 3,696 people. His second best film is The Maze Runner, which he was also in with Will Poulter. Um, he was also in uh, Slight this year, as well as Collateral Beauty last year, which is his worst movie. Uh, Jacob Lattimore plays mm, maybe this, one of the second or third um, main characters in this movie uh, behind Boyega. He is one of the victims in the hotel. He is beaten and uh, suffers a lot for literally no reason. Um, and... It's, uh, yeah, there's not much more I can say about that. Jacob Lattimore, 3,405th. And he is the last person in this movie that is on the spreadsheet. Moving on to genre. Uh, Detroit, 72 rating, 2017 year. Uh, satisfies crime, uh, raising the crime average rating to 61.32. Drama, raising that to 63.61. And Thriller, raising that to 56.28. Uh, it does hit a 3 on the Bechtel test. Um, Hannah Murray and Caitlin Dever's characters do talk about something that is not a man. It is rated R and does not fall on the IMDb Top 250 or my own Top 250. As far as Academy Awards go, uh, it doesn't have any nominations yet. If it does, uh, it could. You know, Catherine Bigelow, very friendly with Oscars and the Academy. So there's a good chance that they throw something her way. There's a lot of good technical elements to this film, although I think the writing and directing does kind of suffer, particularly in the third act. But I would not be surprised to see it show up in something, maybe one of the sound categories. Uh, as far as the Circle of Film Awards go, I do not have it nominated for anything. I think it misses... I mean, it does miss on every single thing in... The Circle of Film Awards. But before we uh, sign off here, we go back to the year of 2017. Detroit is the 97th film from this year that I have seen, and the 538th film I have seen in this calendar year. 
It raises the average rating of films this from this year to a 46.27, raises the tomato meter of average tomato meter of films released in 2017 to 58.2. Um as a crime film, it is the 13th crime film from this year. As a drama, it is the 37th drama from this year. And as a thriller, it is the 23rd thriller. It is part of the 43.3% of films from this year with a 3 on the Bechtel test. And it is the 41st film rated R that has come out this year that I've seen. That, that is Detroit and its statistics in a nutshell. And that's kind of all I have to say about it. Uh, it is a very difficult watch. I don't really recommend going to see it, but it is an important moment in history, and I don't know where else you would go to find, to see. I don't know if there's quite a documentary out on Detroit during the race riots or any other film that really deals with it in the same way. This is very visceral. This is very bloody and very loud. And it is a film that I think... As much as I don't want to tell people to go see, I think that it's important to see. So that's what I'll kind of say on that. Moving on from Detroit, before I uh, sign off here, I have completed the bulk of the information necessary uh, for my Patreon account. Um, all the reward tiers and at least most of the goals are completely finished and ready to go. There's been a little bit of shuffling around and adjusting of values uh, since I last talked, sometimes for the better, or sometimes up, sometimes down, uh, just to partially make things more realistic and reachable for you guys, and also partly to ease back on on my own time and energy because I was putting a lot of things lower on the tier list that I think would have pushed me to the brink as far as how much time I have to devote to this thing. Um, so there's steady progress being made there. I do expect to be able to put that up after I get home from my vacation. I am currently on vacation recording this on vacation. Uh, so, but this will be the last episode I think I'll need to record while I'm on vacation and I'll be able to get home before I have to record the next one but if the time's there then maybe I will and I'll get ahead of myself uh, thank you so much for listening that's kind of it for the updates uh, if you have any comments concerns questions or answers please direct those to circleoffilm at gmail.com if you have to learn anything about the episode, uh, the podcast or about me or about the spreadsheet or about um, the uh, Scavenger Hunt Superlatives, or maybe the Circle of Film Awards, you can head over to circleoffilm.com for all of that information and more. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.